0: Three, two, one, go. Hey, it's Bibster and the Ginger. We're back with another podcast. I know it's been like two weeks. Promise you guys, more content is coming, and eventually sometime I will. We're bringing you another interview with another uh, YouTuber, and we've been doing this series for the last three or four weeks where we've been talking with YouTubers. I have Justin from 65 Drums on. Justin, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Hey, it's, again, it's Justin from 65 Drums. I run a channel about electronic drums, news reviews, tutorials, and i really happy to be on the podcast.
0: Yeah, Justin, um... I kind of got into your channel. Well, last actually, as bad as it sounds, like last week because I'm looking at. I was looking at getting it, like my first electronic drums, and so I started. I did what when you when you're looking for new gear, the first thing you do is go to YouTube. <laughs> yeah. And I searched for you know electronic drum info because I was gonna be making a pretty substantial purchase, and so I'm like, I want to make sure I'm getting what I want. And the good stuff. Yeah, I want I want good, but. You know, I don't want something that's like really expensive because my wife will kill me. So I'm like trying to (laughs) trying to find that niche of like I'm looking at a drum set. So I came across your channel and I started watching. I was like, man, this is like really informative. So you've been how long? How long or how long have you been on YouTube now?
1: Since about 2013 or 2014, somewhere back there.
0: Okay. And what made you? Um, I talked to a lot of people about this. What made you decide? Like, what was your first videos? What, What What made you decide to try and start YouTube stuff?
1: I think my first video I started doing drum covers because I was going to be the next legendary drum cover guy, ah. and I found out that YouTube doesn't really play nice with copyrighted music. Ooh. Like they'll send at least back then, especially they were more harsh. They would give you channel strikes, and if you get three in a row, they basically just rip your channel right out from under you and you get deleted. Mm-hmm. So I so I thought to myself, well, I got to do non copyrighted music. So I started doing a little bit of you know music that wasn't copyrighted. And then I thought, you know, there's not really any channels that do electronic drum reviews. No. So I I just started putting out a lot of, you know, uh, really basic videos, me and my iPhone 6. Mm -hmm. And I just started doing that, no microphone. And then I I eventually got a video that hit, and so I just started doing it more and more. And now I've almost gotten to 40,000 subscribers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're getting up there now. What um, I've asked other YouTubers this because you made that comment of the the video that hit, and I think uh, a lot of a lot of YouTubers that that's kind of a common a common term of. And so, if you're outside the YouTube world, what we're talking about is a video that. You have, you know, as you're slowly building up your subscribers, you're getting about the same number of views. You're kind of, you can kind of see an average. Like if you're a little, if if you're my little channel, that's like 70 of views. But, um, (laughs) but if you, all of a sudden you'll have one video that for whatever reason, and sometimes it's not like you planned it, it blows up. So what, what, what was your video that quote unquote hit?
1: So the one that blew up for me was called, uh, acoustic versus electronic drums. Ooh. And it's not even my best video at all. Mm
0: hmm. Not to sound bad, but that's kind of a. It has clickbait like uh, naming, <laughs> where you know a lot yeah. of people would see that and go, "Ooh," because that in the world of drumming, that's a really hot topic. Of yeah,
1: people have very strong opinions on this.
0: And I, I mean, I growing up, so I had like kind of my little bit of drum background. actually drums were my first instrument. Started back in like third grade. Had an old Roger set. Played quite a bit. Was never super good. And then after high school, I basically <laughs> kind of traded the set away because I wasn't playing it much and kind of like. Not that I got rid of drums. I just was like, oh, this set, you know, it needed a, it probably needed a lot of work, and I just was kind of like didn't want to deal with it, so I traded it off for some, but something else that probably in the grand scheme of things was a bad deal on my end. And then didn't, like, got into guitar and then kind of have always wanted to get back into drums, and so recently I'm getting back in. But that whole acoustic versus electric thing, especially when I was playing, acoustics back then, or electrics back then were, like, nowhere near what they are now. I mean, like... The, they were pretty awful. Yeah, they were they were bad I had a, a friend of mine that goes to that goes to our church it was an older guy kind of a, they used to babysit me when my sister and I were younger he I remember him having an electric set and as a kid I thought it was kind of cool but like looking back it was like the style I mean I don't even know It probably was a Roland, I'm guessing because that's all there really was but it had like the bars for symbols mm. <laughs> so like it wow. was it was old yeah it was I think for a while it was actually at my church and then I think they were like we need to like put this back in the closet because it doesn't need to come out anymore <laughs> but it the problem is it now, where the technology electronic drums is, you know, basically like way better and way more tech, you know, way, way farther along, you know, I think that argument can kind of, there's not as much there when you, when you, the, for the people that are like 100% acoustic drums, like they have to, you know, central.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's like, on um, When keyboards were brand new, mm-hmm. they, uh, they were pretty awful, too, so they leaned on more of the synthetic sounds. Mm-hmm. And that's why back in the 80s, you saw those big uh, whatever octagon or whatever, hexagon pads,
2: mm-hmm. and they were
1: doing the very stylized, you know, 80s, you know, rock sound. Yeah. But now with computers inside of the electronic modules, they've gotten better and better. It's just like cell phones. Every year, they just get, you know, just a kid, you know, a little bit better. And now we're at a point where a lot of people are using them live. I still think electronic films are best for you know laying down recordings because you're you know it's like a keyboard you can change the sounds afterwards in mm-hmm. post production because it's using MIDI yeah so i, I think it's, it's really good for recording and also practice, but you can definitely use a lot you know Neil Keir used it uh def mm-hmm. Leppard they've used it like a lot of people are using electronic elements now,
0: yeah, and I think especially if you're Especially if you're doing like a, let's say you got a local cover band, so you're playing a lot of like smaller clubs and not you know not these big rooms where you could really let loose on a big drum set, right? You know it's a perfect it's a perfect thing for that because you can you can control it because everybody's gone, you know no matter where you you've gone to see you know you're at a wedding and there's some local cover band playing and the drummer is like just overpowering everybody or blasting it or in order to make the drummer in the mix, everyone else is super loud. You know, it's kind of that whole thing now where it's like, even in the guitar world, where it's becoming more like, I love amps. I don't think amps are dead, but amps are—they're slowly like, there's less and less people using them. You know, like you're seeing rig rundowns where it's like, oh, hey, here's my Kemper I use. You know, like that goes direct in.
1: Yeah, because they can replicate that. They can do amp modeling now mm-hmm. a lot and, it, and a lot more accurate.
0: Yeah, it's a lot more so, accurate and the level is and better.
1: In the electronic drum cover scene, like you were saying. Uh, a lot of people buy electronic drums because they have to replicate a certain sound from mm-hmm. a certain decade.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I mean, if they don't, they don't even make, you know, acoustic drums in certain configurations anymore. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes buying an electronic drum set and using a certain Apple pack that you've downloaded somewhere, you can actually replicate sounds that are really hard to replicate now. Yeah. I was just talking to someone on an email asking, how can I get this sound? And I said, it's actually pretty possible. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, geez, that that old Rogers that I was talking about, there was uh it was a 15 inch like upper tom. It was a four piece set with a 15 inch upper and a 21 inch lower tom. Like wow, that yeah, oh yeah. And then when I was a kid, I got a second tom and it was another 15 because i no, I mean, I literally had no idea what I was doing. And my drum instructor's like, I got another Rogers black tom. Here you go. And I like looked, was like, these are the same size.
1: <laughs> but it was. So, like, I feel like acoustic drums have actually been getting smaller and smaller. Yeah, recently.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: I. Like, it's really common to start using smaller than 16-inch floor toms, which I used to think was crazy, but mm-hmm. that's where things are heading.
0: Yeah, they were – well, when I – so I just made a purchase for an electronic drum set. We'll kind of get that it later. But before then, I was doing – and this is what kind of led me to your channel is I was looking – like, we had budgeted, like, okay, we can spend this much on a drum set because I'm going to kind of get back into it. And I was looking either, like, get an acoustic set or get an, ele- or an electric set. And I was really leaning towards acoustic because I was like – I really want a real drum set. Like I was kinda thinking, I don't know. When I've looked at it when I've looked at electrics before and the price range that I was looking, they were all like, you know, what I would call like toy like, you know? Yeah. And um and then I kind of looked like, well, if I'm gonna spend this much on an acoustic set, and if I spend this much on an electric set, we're in the same, you know, we're in the same ballpark where it's not, you know, it's not still not the best level, but it's not toy like and but yeah, it was all like I think it was like eight the one it was the one set I was looking at was in like an eight inch upper tom a 10 and then like a 12 and a four or maybe it was a 14 and a 16 lower and i was just like huh like that's not that big but i mean it's what it's what's what the sound is now it took the
1: manufacturers a long time to finally get it in their heads that drummers want large electronic drum sets and sort of like they're in the same ballpark range as an acoustic set Mm -hmm. and i've been talking to them more and more and they've and they've realized that and uh, so they're, they're trying to adjust. There's two types of electronic drummers. The guys that buy it because they literally can't fit an acoustic drum set in their apartment, so they purposely buy something small mm-hmm. just for practice. Yeah. And then there's other people where they, uh, they write to me, and they're like, Justin, I, I want to get ready for this upcoming gig. It has to be electric, but I don't want to have to do this, you know, really big, you know, mind shift between a tiny drum set and then a huge acoustic set. I want something that I can quickly jump back and forth between until recently, that wasn't possible. Yeah,
0: yeah, they were all pretty like you're. You're playing like an eight inch snare, and you're like, oh, yeah, eight <laughs> <inches>. <laughs> You're like, this is. I, I had a friend of mine back when I was uh, like in college, and he had an electric set, and I think it was a Simmons. I'm guessing, and it was like mm. it was the one. It was the one mesh snare, and then the rest were all rubber pads. And it was the typical like him and all his buddies thought that they could play blast beats really fast because they're playing on rubber pads. And I remember at the time, like I played all the time, but I was always thinking like, man, that like, that's kind of fun to play, but I don't think, like I could not do that on a real drum set and not like trying to knock electric sets. I'm just like, there's no way, like this was like to the level where like you could, you know, you could basically fake it till you make it.
1: <laughs> right, right. And it was, there, there's one- actually, if you, uh, if you're willing to spend money now, you can actually buy heads of, di- of different thicknesses and materials now. Mm-hmm. So I have, I have a couple of sets of mesh heads that are actually the exact amount of rebound if you drop a stick on a mesh head and an acoustic head with the exact same nice. uh, distance the stick bounces up. So that helps that does, when you're yeah. jumping back and forth.
0: Yeah, and I think it it does, and it helps too. That also was part of that argument with the whole acoustic electric, because it used to be the acoustic electric argument for acoustic side was always, well, you can you know do all this other stuff on an acoustic you can't do on an electric, which I like your point, point in one. and you've made this on a few of your videos where you basically go, well, that's like saying that an electric guitar isn't real because an electric guitar you can easy you can play way faster because of that is true because of like well especially if you have a super hot pickup or like I mean that's also like saying using it like a sustainer pickup is also super cheating which kind of is but um you know like where <laughs> you can like you know basically just like tap the world and make notes it's the same kind of a thought like you know yeah
1: or like uh or like the keyboards you know <clears throat> you can buy keys that are weighted or when that aren't weighted, and all of a sudden you can do all kinds of crazy things that are really hard to do on a grand piano.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's kind of like, well, it's not the same, Rick. Like, it, it isn't, but you're also making a noise that's not even like sometimes like that noise isn't even natural. Like, there's no instrument that would actually make that noise. So, like, what's the right. difference if I'm playing it? Like, you can't you can't make an acoustic set sound like this. So, you might as well. And that's what I think yeah. is cool about the electric sets. Is I was actually yesterday. I'd already ordered one, but I kind of did the like. Well, I'm going to go just like I wanted to go play one, so I went to a a local big store and was screwing around on a couple. And my wife was sitting behind, I think it was like a Simmons 2000, which it's kind of hokey, but it has all sorts of goofy noises. And she seemed to find every single one of them and play it at like 11. Like there, were, I mean, a couple of them I looked over and she's like, that's kind of cool. I'm like, but that's not even like, that's a person just like humming. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm that like, that is true. I was like, I don't know what the, like, I'm like, I get there's some weird noises. Like, cause the, the set I was playing could do the whole, like the one kit, it would uh, basically play a bass line on the bass drum as you played it, which was really Mm. fun to do. But I was like, that makes a little more musical sense. I'm like, you just had someone just like making weird noises with their mouth.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, it's interesting because electronic drums, obviously they're different than acoustic. They're not exactly the same, and I'm not trying to fool anyone into thinking that. Yeah. But uh, the stuff in the stores, a lot of times the drum companies that make these electronic sets, they'll front load the kits with some of those more goofy sounds that drummers love to play for about a week mm-hmm. before they you know get tired of them. But that helps the manufacturer sell the set, mm-hmm. and then you end up using the actual regular acoustic sounds later on. But those are like what I call ear candy kits that are just yes. fun, <laughs> but then you get bored of them.
0: Oh, yeah, they were like it was funny because one of them was like I think it was a straight up gone and I was like she just kept it. Like, yeah. would you stop because <laughs> I'm like we're like this is not being so obnoxious yeah she's like why is it so loud I'm like turn the volume down <laughs> but yeah so it was just funny but I mean it is that exactly that thing it was the straight up ear candy because she was like oh man this that's kind of cool and I'm like yeah no um <laughs> I'm like, I'm like. Number one, this one symbol pad is already dead, and this is the, like this. This is just the demo model. So, <laughs> yeah, they get
1: beaten to heck by twelve year olds in the stores. Oh,
0: yeah. There was the one. I mean, the one I was playing. I was like, well, at least I know this thing will take somewhat some abuse because, like, you could just see like this thing just has been just beat.
1: <laughs> yeah, one year in a store is like three years in real life. Oh,
0: I bet so. And yeah, it's just not. The like the no matter what kind of a deal you get on the floor model probably not worth it unless you're getting like a Roland or a Yamaha where you know it's probably gonna it's gonna be okay right but don't get Uh, yeah that's.
1: I bought a floor model once and it wasn't a really good decision, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, a bunch of the symbols were broken and I'm like, well, I'm never doing that again.
0: Yeah. I saw one, there was a used one. It was an Alessius crimson there. And there was one that was like brand new on display. And that's what I was screwing around with. Cause we've talked on email, like what I'm getting. So I was like, that's kind of the closest so I can kind of screw around with something. And there was this floor model and you could tell this thing had been like whatever, like 14 year old owned it. Like, so it was it's a crimson it was a crimson too, so it's not that old of a model, but it already had one symbol replaced. It had one extra roll Tom that wasn't even like it was just a rubber pad, and it wasn't even all the way hooked up. Like it was just like leaning sadly. And I looked at the set, I'm yeah. like, oh, this set has been I'm like and I'm like and it wasn't that I'm like the deal, I was like it's not worth $300 less <laughs> like this thing yeah, is you can yeah you can
1: get good deals on used electronic drums if you if you wait mm-hmm. on ebay reverb.com even facebook marketplace yeah if you're looking if you buy from a like a, a brand that's known for being able to handle a pounding mm-hmm. like Roland or, or yamaha like you were just mentioning mm-hmm. i bought a an open box drum set. my first kid was a Roland t30k and i think i saved It was about uh, $700 just because someone returned it after 30 days. There wasn't a a scratch on the thing. Mm -hmm. And so little things like that, electronic drums, since it's a smaller market than acoustic drums, um, there's like an electronic drum tax right now because they can't make as many sets lowering their margins and all that stuff. So buying a a used drum set that was handled nicely by some guy that (laughs) only plays once a week, that's that's a really good deal sometimes.
0: Yeah, and I think I mean I think there was just this particular one was like oh, and again it was because if you a lot of times when you're looking at used it's better to go with like the eBay Craigslist, from Facebook Marketplace because you're gonna end up getting a better deal because when you're buying sometimes when you buy used from a store like you got to think like they're making money on it like it's like two people try to make money on it already versus yeah, just well, you're paying the guy back yeah
1: if, it, if it's like a thousand dollar kit and then they're they're the store is is paying the guy five hundred. I mean, they're they're trying to make a margin off of their used gear. They actually make more money off of their used gear than they do their new gear, believe it or not.
0: And that would make sense. I mean, it's you know people always give especially like guitar center a hard time, and sometimes I'm like, you gotta go like, well, yeah, like there are a business like
1: (laughs) it's like a pawn shop. You know, you're not getting a good deal. Yeah, you're desperate.
0: (laughs) Yeah, people always are complaining about the low prices, and I'm like, if you complain, first off, I've I've seen some. of My favorite are people that complain about low prices, but they still sold it to them, and I'm like, well, why'd you take it? Like, (laughs) yeah, you
1: knew what you were getting into. Yeah, yeah, you. It's like a. Selling your used car to a dealership versus selling it privately.
0: Oh yeah, exactly. And it's like you know, like they have to make money on it. And I know like it was a five, like, yeah, that's kinda how business works. Like, first off, they're gonna sit on that for ninety days and make sure you didn't steal it. Secondly, like they have to hope somebody buys it within so long before it gets closed out. But yeah, I think that's right. And I mean, so that's that's one thing too to look at, um in the used market. I think there is there's quite a few out there, especially used electric sets. There seems to always be a few out there because there's always the guys. Well, like, if I decided in, like, a, a year, like, oh, man, like, maybe I wasn't supposed to get back into drumming. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly there's going to be well, a i
1: I, I don't know about you, but I've noticed that musicians are always broke and desperate for money. Yes. So there's always some guy that found, that found out he needs to fix his engine or something, and, and bam, there goes the, the there goes the drum set, the cymbals, whatever it is. Uh-huh. And so there's always a good deal. You just have to wait for the desperate musician to unload his stuff.
0: <laughs> yes, you're like, where's he at? It's just very true. I mean, I think that's part of the musician. Like, no matter what instrument you're into – like, you know, the guitar world is, like, kind of stolen. And, I mean, I'm sure it's in the, just getting back into the drum world. I'm sure they have it, too. But in guitar world, like, it's, like, they always call it gas, like, gear acquisition syndrome, where it's, like, oh, hmm. I want that. Oh, I want that. <laughs> and it's also sometimes a revolving door, because you're, like, ooh, I want that, but I got to get rid of that and that to get that. <laughs> so, right. So I think there's always, there's always deals out there. But, um, so we kind of went way on the electronic there, and I I love that. But going back to YouTube for a second, so you're... You know that that your acoustic versus electric one was the one that blew up. Uh, what yeah. kind of like was that? What, what year? How long into having YouTube was that? Or like for your YouTube journey was that like you know in, in the first year or two, or was it you know after three years or something? I think
1: I think I've been making YouTube videos for like six months or something. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing with YouTube: a lot of times people get into YouTube because they throw some random stuff at the wall uh-huh. and they don't know what's going to work. They don't know what people actually like, but they're just making stuff for fun. Eventually, if you do it for long enough, one of those pieces of content sticks and mm-hmm. it gets it gets some traction. Mm-hmm. And uh, if that happens to you, and if you stick with it, then eventually it will happen again. And, and you start to see what will what will work and mm-hmm. what won't work. Mm-hmm. So that that one video took off for me, but uh, it's not like carrying the channel or anything. I think it went on and was getting a lot of views for like. Um, I don't know, like a two or three years, but I always have one video that's just going on and on and on by itself. Right now I covered the, the drum set for uh, Def deaf leopard uh, and oh, yeah. uh, just going, going through all the different pads that he has. Mm-hmm. And that video, that video and that series, how famous drummers use electronic drums. It's just, it just works, mm-hmm. but it, not every video is like that. Yeah. You just have to keep at it and you got to make like two or three videos every week for five years and then eventually things will happen. It's not like a lightning in a bottle thing that happens all yeah. the time.
0: Yeah, and I think from everyone I've talked to, it's always had that, you know, I was doing it with a few subscribers for so long and then all of a sudden, you know, you had, you had the one that hit, but it wasn't just like, "Oh, I had one video that hit, now I can sit back and collect now I'm this sweet, famous. <laughs> Yeah, now I can collect this sweet YouTube money, but it's like, "No, you have to continue putting good content out there." And I, I just I like what your channel is an like, open door. Yeah, it is a very it's like you have to keep putting content out there and you have to keep like you said, trying to see what sticks to the wall, and if you find that something stops sticking to the wall, you change your program and try right. and continue to get the list or you know get the viewers and I think two part of it is the community and building a community that like in no matter what the video is that you're putting out, they want to watch it, even if it might not be something that's like well, you know. If it's a like if you're a big Roland guy and you put out a like a Yamaha comparison video, but the person really likes how you discuss things and review things, they're going to still watch. Versus if it's something right. they don't really care about, and they're like, "Well, it's Yamaha." Like, you know, I'm a Roland fanboy, so why would I, why would I care about those terrible things? But um, you know, yeah, so.
1: what well, yeah, while we're on the the topic of like content strategy, there's there's two types of videos that YouTubers will make. There's stuff that You make because you know it's going to get a bunch of views, hopefully, Mm -hmm. in the next week, and then it's going to die off.
2: Yeah.
1: And then the other kind of content is called evergreen content. Mm -hmm. So if you're targeting, if you're trying to make a video for someone that wants to buy a $500 electronic drum set, they don't know what to buy, they're, you know, they're whatever, a single mom in in Ohio, and they just want to buy something for their son's birthday. I've made a video called The Best Electronic Drum Set for $500. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not going to get a ton of views in the first week, but it's going to be there forever and ever. Yeah, and uh, so it's like slowly builds. And so when you have a YouTube channel, you're trying to throw a bunch of like basically fishing lines. You know, not all of them will will hit, but eventually one of them will. I've got about 400 videos now or so,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, so it's it's like a snowball rolling down a hill. Hopefully, that's the that's the goal.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's pretty. I mean, that's a pretty good way to put it. Where some of your videos are going to be the big hit, like the big kind of like on topic of like what YouTube is doing. And then the other ones are like the long-term ones. And I mean, heck I watched most of those like best set for this much money, best set for this much money while I was making those decisions because I was like, I'm going to spend some money. I want to know like, is it worth me spending this much or can I get the same set for like half that much with the worst month? And I finally was just like, no, I don't want to deal with that. And you know, so I kind of made the decision I did, which I think that's, what's great about like, you know, the content you're putting out there. It's, really helping uh it's helping companies out too i know you've had some stuff where you're starting to get you know kind of like what i was called blurping the radar of a company where like you know they're starting to notice like oh hey look at you over there um how's that Has that worked out for you pretty good or yeah
1: um this year has actually been pretty important for the channel for the channel because uh this is the first time i've gotten to a product unveil event so roland uh uh, emailed me and they were like hey would you like to come to this drum set they were about to announce. Mm-hmm. And I'd already figured I had already figured out what it was but uh they uh, flew me down to California and I got to go and see the product unveil and I got a lot of uh footage very early on in the life of that drum set the TD17. Ah. So I got a lot of footage that would have been hard to get. I would have had to go to a music store and just try to it just wouldn't have been of the same quality. Yeah. So Yes, and then I've been able to talk to other companies such as, such as like Yamaha, such as Simmons and stuff. So I'm starting to develop relationships. So the tricky thing is I'm trying to stay as like an outside voice. I don't want to be paid by the companies and mm-hmm. I actually turn down money from a company. I want to make it in other ways unrelated to them. But uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, very important to try to develop relationships with brands when you can but you got to make sure that they don't like doing your soul and use you to just as a marketing piece. Yeah. Guys. There's going to be that real, there's, there's going to be that dynamic where they're obviously talking to you because they want you to talk about them, but you got to make sure that you keep them not at an arm's length, but you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Oh, and I think you keep it. Whereas the viewers, we know it's not like when I watch a video, it's not, you're not telling us how good the set is because they just like, you know, they, they wrote you a check and, In the and again, because I'm coming from kind of the guitar scene, like the guitar scene, you see that a lot because there's straight up, you know, there's YouTubers that like they're telling you they like that pedal because the company sent them a check to say, hey, you're and it's basically you have to look at it like a commercial then and know, okay, that's fine, this is a commercial, I get it, but then there's other YouTubers that will tell you like flat out, like, oh, I bought this myself, or hey, they provided it for me, and I like that that openness where it's not because then it's like you feel like they're kind of you're kind of a middleman between like. The, the like the general consumer and the company because you're yeah, not paid by the company yeah. and you're not really technically paid. You know, you're not really paid by us. Looks um, about like a Patreon stuff, but that's different. Um, but it's, it's, um, yeah,
1: it's, but, it's important because sometimes those channels, a lot of times actually, they never disclose how they got the product. Yeah, you never you never know if they got it free the mail. You can you can try to be a detective and Sherlock Holmes is trying to figure out. Oh, did they buy it? Were they given it? And you never know if they were paid or if they're just doing the product and not paid, or if they just went to a store and bought it themselves. So yeah. i found that people like honesty. Honesty always goes a long way. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't even blame the people that are paid to say nice things about a guitar or a drum set. As long as they say at the beginning of the video, listen, they paid me to make this video. Yeah, Then I, just... can, then I know I can take the video with a grain of salt and know where they're coming from. Yeah. So as, long, as long as you tell the viewer what they're getting into, they usually accept it and are happy that you made the video regardless.
0: Yeah, and I think in today's time of kind of, like, being open and honest about stuff like that, you're going to get better results telling people flat out, like, hey, this is, I, you know, they sent me this product to check out and I get to keep it. Or, hey, they sent me this product. In, you know, like, because people watching it, they, they know. And if you're trying to, like, be just, you know, kind of, like, be sneaky about it or, you know, not give your full opinion, then people aren't going to care about your opinion. And then all of a sudden you're going to see, like, oh, my videos are starting to drop, you know, because people yeah. realize people want honesty and they want openness, like, and they know, like, Hey, if you're not going to tell me the truth, I'll go to like, let's say managed with YouTube, anybody can put stuff up. So I'll go to the, I'll go to this guy who's putting up, you know, stuff that makes, you know, stuff that's true to how I want to feel about it. But I think that's right. cool. And like I said, I think from watching your channel, I can tell it's not like, you're not, you're not out there going, Hey, you need to, there's videos where you'll say you should you should if you're this person do not get this set and if you're this person you should get this set, but you're never like I mean except for like you know the ones where it's like hey here's all the stuff that I found on you know like the knockoff websites and all like 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 the cheap toy stuff on Amazon, but you're yeah. never like do not buy this, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, well, I used to I used to think in black and white when I first started the channel.
0: Mm-hmm. And in a way, I'm glad I didn't
1: get many subscribers in the beginning cuz I didn't know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> and I kind of think I don't know what the heck I'm doing right now, but um, what I've learned is that you can't think and you can't think about products in black and white. Um, for example, some people are like, well, why do you cover cheaper products? And you know, you should save them by better product. And I'm like, well, yeah, but there's always a situation where someone only has $300 and mm-hmm. they got to buy a drum set tonight. Yes. And I'm not going to stick my nose up in the air and say, Oh, you, you don't, you're not worth my time. You, you don't, you're not worth me making a video for Or yeah, there's just, I've just learned that you have to look at everything and say that this might be the right product, I might love it, but I understand why you might not like it. And I'm not going to think that you're, you're wrong just because I have a different opinion. Oh. It's, just a, it's just an opinion show. It's really what it is.
0: Yep. And I think that's really important. And in today's time, that's a crazy thought to be like, hey, just because we have a different opinion doesn't mean I'm going to stick my nose up in the air. Right. And, well,
1: it, you know, like, in the, like with phones, tell someone that you have an iPhone or even Android phone, you have a war in your hands.
0: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's like, oh, why would you have a, why You're would you an, an phone or yeah, they don't have this and they don't have that or this phone blows up, and this one, I mean, it's like, what's the big deal? I think uh, and you know really, if you think about it too, like there's probably more people that are gonna throw down on that three to four hundred dollar drum set than there are people that are throwing down on like the twelve hundred dollar drum set just because well, yeah that's the thing it's an entry level product, and that's kind of like it's it's kind of a like quote unquote like gateway, we'll call it a gateway drum, like do you right. like drumming? oh, hey, here's something you can get into. If you in a year you realize you don't like it, you can probably still sell it for two hundred bucks used. You know, so it really only cost you a hundred bucks, like right. loss of like trying well, to earn it times, out. But
1: how many times have you heard of some famous guitar player that started on a three hundred dollar guitar? And he didn't. He did not playing in a famous band with a three hundred dollar guitar, but that's what got him into it. Yep. someone gave it to him. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the way I look at it. Yep.
0: Yeah, and I think it's you have to start somewhere, and I think those videos are very important because at that three hundred dollar level. There are some now. I mean, it used to be like, at least in my opinion, which is an, it's an opinion. It can be different, but like most of the three hundred dollars stuff was in the level of like I call it toy like. It wasn't as oh yeah. It wasn't really. It didn't feel real because I've been. Mean, and the reason why I was actually looking at this is earlier in the year, I had I had a little bit of extra gear cash basically from myself from selling some stuff, and I was looking either right. I was going to buy another guitar. Or I was gonna buy this like cheaper. It was a used electric drum set, and I was really about to go electric drum set. I'm like, man, I really want to get back into drumming, and I literally thought that's like a toy. I'm not gonna take it seriously. I won't play it. Like I'll play it a few times, and so that's why I waited and saved up so I can get something a whole lot nicer. But that was kind of where I was at. But in the same time, like people can look at some people like will look at a hundred dollar guitar and be like, that's a toy, you know. Because
1: right. what well, I mean, on the one hand, it is, but on the but on the other hand, it's really what you do with it. Yeah, it's a toy in the wrong hand, is yeah. What I'm trying to say. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. And I think that that is that is very true. But I mean, now it's, and that's why what, what I was thinking about and kind of sidetracked on my myself was with those three hundred dollar uh, drum sets. Is there's ones that are very much like that's a toy, and there's ones that are a little bit more serious contenders now. Even I mean, especially yeah. even with like like the Nitro Mesh heads now, where you can get a three hundred dollar. Uh, drum set that, yeah, the module's not that good and the sounds aren't that good, and it's not the greatest, like, quality for lasting, but it has mesh heads, you know? Yeah, well, that was
1: only recently happened because Roland had some patents that finally uh, uh, timed out. ah. And now some of the stuff stuff that Roland was actually basically suing people over because they were using mesh heads when they weren't allowed to yet, Uh now that that's opened up, you can have a mesh head drum set with full mesh head pads for about three hundred dollars when you used to have to spend twelve hundred. Huh. It's obviously not it's obviously not gonna be on the same level. No. But at least at least it's an option. And the funny thing is, uh, there were some companies outside of the US patent jurisdiction, like in Europe. There were a lot of companies actually out there already making message drums just because, you know, companies that own the patents couldn't go after them. Yeah. that's so true. the patent world it's it's a good thing because it rewards it rewards creativity, mm-hmm. but it also it also gets to the point where a company can hold that over everyone's heads. I'm not trying to judge anyone for for different being what they invented or whatever, but it's interesting now that we can see the more high end future starting to come down to reasonable prices.
0: Yeah, and I think that's it's gonna it's gonna take. You know, you were talking, you had a video where you talked about why aren't electric drums taken as seriously as keyboards? And I love your point where you said an 800 dollars keyboard is like, is, is, is something you could take to a gig or like play at your church yeah. and no one's going to look yeah. at you like, what are you doing with that? But in all reality, majority, quite a, you know, a lot of the $800 electric drum sets are kind of that, like, what is that? You know, like that, yeah. or, you know, if you took it, like, cause at our church, we're looking at, we are having a little bit of a volume issue with the drums. I don't think it's that bad as running guy that runs sound a lot, but whatever. And I just literally said, I'm like, let me be a Guinea pig. Like. If we can like kind of like slide some stuff in and see what guys think, but it'll be mine so that way it's not like, you know, the church isn't out throwing money at a problem that might not right. fix it. But um it's that same kind of a thought where it's like, Oh, you know, but with these three hundred dollar sets that have mesh heads and like the technology getting cheaper to, or you know, the stuff getting cheaper in 10 yeah. years, it might be easier where it's like, oh, an $800, no, yeah. like your drum set is totally giggable and has a decent module where you don't have to have a laptop running an easy drummer to make it sound somewhat usable right. in a...
1: Well, that's the problem. A lot of people don't want to use laptops. The mm-hmm. computer guys, the computer nerds, they don't understand why people still use drum modules only without software. But I, I get it personally mm-hmm. because... It's an extra thing to carry around. You got to learn how to use Reaper. You got to learn. You got to learn how to use an audio interface. A mm-hmm. drummer just wants to sit down a drum. He doesn't want to learn how to do all of that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in 15 years, electronic drums will be in a totally different sphere, and we're still we're still in like the midpoint of of their growth. Yeah. Right now, you can buy the the, the entry point for electronic drum sets that are identical to acoustic sets. That point right now is around. Three thousand dollars if you buy everything, you can even buy electronic drums with low volume metal symbols now, yeah, but uh, that that price is going to go down and down over the coming years
2: mm-hmm.
0: oh yeah, and then of course,
1: you can buy a regular classic electronic drum set for you know a thousand bucks or whatever,
0: yeah, yeah, and I think that's what. I think as like I said, we're at that kind of, we're in like the mid nineties of keyboards as we are in electronic drums where they're starting to become more popular. There's still some people being snooty. I mean, then you get into some people and they're still like, well, keyboards don't feel the same, right? Like, well, yeah, but you can also like, you can't make that sound on a piano. So don't, I don't, see the complaint. Like you just played, like you're playing synth sounds. <laughs> don't Right. Let's well, not talk about it's how it's feel real. I actually have a, I actually have a friend who is a classic pianist.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, she can't stand keyboards, even like the weighted ones that are supposed to be exactly the same, as you know, in mm-hmm. way. Like, she just can't stand them. So there's always going to be purists, no matter mm-hmm. how good a technology gets. Yeah. But I just think of it as another tool. Yeah. You decide what you want to use electronic drums for. If you think it's only for practice, then it's only for practice. Yeah. If you want to use it for live stuff, I'm not going to tell you what to do with it, but mm-hmm. the tool is getting sharper and sharper.
0: Yep, yep. And I think... I think it's a really good point that we're in the midway point, and in the next ten or fifteen years, it's gonna it's gonna grow so much that it's a great. Even though we're saying we're at the midpoint, it's still a great time to like get into that market of electric drums because yeah. you can get stuff now and learn how it all works. Because then, in you know, in ten years, when all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, look what you can get for a thousand bucks, electronic drums. You know, it's like the equivalent of like a TD fifty. Well, you already have like the knowledge of like, oh, I've already run this stuff, so now I can immediately, you know, I, you're you're ahead of the learning curve of. Instead right, of waiting ten years and being like, "Wait, how's all this stuff works? I mean, I was looking at the set. I was looking at yesterday. Yeah, I was like, How do "We, we get finally
1: that? have electronic drum modules that basically have an iPad built into
0: them." Mm-hmm. Those
1: drum modules, like uh, like Pearl, made one for about two thousand dollars, <laughs> and I used to I used to never understand why they were that expensive. But after actually talking to companies, it takes a lot of money to R and D these things, uh-huh. and then for and then you have to wait for the retired guys that can afford it because it's still a newish, you know, high end thing, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, we're starting to get more and more I I know of stuff that's not coming out yet. And so it's it's interesting. Things are really moving forward in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and I think you'll get to one well, it's kind of a thing you were talking about like with the bacon and iPad and one thing I like is that they really haven't gotten to and I know there's a couple of companies that have, but drum modules have stayed away from the like, hey, just like plug your like whatever this generation phone is into it and let that be the module because that technology <laughs> is always sketchy because
1: yeah, that's very gimmicky.
0: It's very gimmicky and honest. it's very like um it's dated because immediately like a drum module, the advantage is like this, with this drum set, I'm getting the drum module is going to last. Even if like the, as the drum set gets dated and the sounds get even more dated, the drum, as long as like the hardware still works, it'll still work. But if you do something yeah. with like using your phone to control it, well then well, as soon as like the, the phone updates are done, that controller's dead, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, what a lot of people don't realize is that drum modules, they're built, to be tougher than a phone, they're actually built so you can drop them in, inside of a trailer, cool. or you can accidentally hit them with a drumstick. And you know, basically, just like how the electronics in your car, they're built to be you know shaken up and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so there's a there's a different mentality, a different process that goes into actually designing a drum module. Yeah. Now there are companies such as Yamaha where you don't have to use the phone, but you can control the all the different deep settings and do quicker, easier changes with your phone. Some companies experiment with that, but I don't see companies like relying on a phone. That's like, there are pedals, you know, you've seen those sort of gimmicky, yep. you know, I rocker guitar pedals where you slide your phone in. And it seems cool during a Nam video that was three minutes long, but then you realize uh, that's not really where things are heading.
0: And you can't, like, you see those online for sale for nothing because unless you have right. like an iPod 2 because it's, like, got the old 30-pin connector you can't yeah. do anything with. It. I've seen, right. uh, I listen to a po- uh, some gear podcasts. They're talking about this guy who had a bunch for sale. And they're like, what are you going to do with these? Like-
1: <laughs> well, it's like those, uh, you know, uh, when you're at the on the treadmill at the gym and they got those weird iPod connectors from 2002. Yeah. So you're like, why are these on treadmills? No one can use them. <laughs> well, one thing, now, one company called Elysis, they did try to uh, integrate iPads. They had a drum module called the Elysis IO Dock where it was basically an empty shell with a bunch of plugs in the back. You had to slide in an iPad that's not you know, manufactured anymore. You had to slide the iPad in, and the problem was um, electronic drums deal with latency. Mm-hmm. The, the distance in time between you hitting a drum and actually hearing it in your ears. Mm-hmm. Keyboards can handle, you know, way more milliseconds of latency cuz the keyboard player isn't like a drummer not doing, you know, 64th note stuff.
2: Yeah. You know, a drummer
1: has to play really fast and be able to hear it at the exact same time. Mhm. With Using an iPod, sometimes, like the older versions of the iPod, they added latency into the whole equation. Yeah. So that's another reason why electronic drums don't sound as good, because they have, cause with the lower processors the manufacturers are putting in there, sometimes they can't handle large samples and stuff at lower latencies.
0: Hmm. It's all part of the evolution. Yeah, I think that's what... And that's been, and I think, you know, we were talking with that, and that comes out of the evolution, and that's why some of the bad attitudes have been have on it, because when electronic drums first came out, there was, the latency was, you could, you know, like, time it with, like, a sundial, versus now, where it's like, oh, it's, you know, like, so many, like, you know, thousandths of a second, which, yes, that's there, but it's getting where, right. it's not as noticeable to your ear, and it's, you can, as a drummer, you can kind of, like, compensate for that, and realize, like, okay, here's right. where we're at. What,
1: it's funny because some people have tried using, like, you know, Bluetooth headphones with electronic drums. Oh. <laughs> even, even Bluetooth is too slow. Like, if you have Bluetooth headphones, I mean, you can kind of watch a movie and you notice that the lips are it's slightly off with the talking of the movie. With mm-hmm. Bluetooth headphones, with, with um, a musical instrument, you need it to be on. Even Bluetooth is too slow at the current you know, version 5, whatever it's at.
0: Oh, yeah, and that's why you don't see if... Uh if Bluetooth was as good as it was, you'd see more like in-ear monitor setups using Bluetooth technology. You don't see a lot of that. You see most of them on like, you know, high-end radio frequency. That's not as latency related. Right. Cause I mean, that's what, I mean, otherwise if it was Bluetooth was fast enough, everyone, their neighbor, cause everyone's running like, you know, a lot of, you know, bands and other production stuff is using in-ears now. And it's like, you know, getting away from like thousands of, you know, all sorts of wedges and, and open air monitors, like screwing up the house sound. But yeah, you don't see well, you don't see everybody running Bluetooth.
1: <laughs> now eventually, electronic drums are going to be wireless. There's not going to be any cables going mm-hmm. to the drum module. Yeah, the only hurdle right now is, I mean, you want to run around with delayed batteries, every single symbol, and every single drum that you have. You don't really want to do that. And also, if you're on stage and you have that many pads, all those wireless, all the frequencies, and then everyone in the audience has cell phones, sometimes things can get jumbled up.
0: Uh huh. I
1: don't know. I don't know if you've ever tried uh, using like. Uh, is Behringer wireless sound systems before. Yes. At uh, one time I work at a theater as a technician. At one time I was literally having dropouts where the people's cell phones or whatever, whatever electronics were in the room, they're actually interfering with his ability to adjust his own sound. So uh-huh. we're still working out everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's still it's like I guess we're at the midpoint. In fifteen years it'll be like, Oh hey, look, here's my hundred percent wireless drum set that has yep. like one plug in because everything's like pins into the into the rack so you like you plug one thing in to power everything up and well bam but yeah it's it's definitely getting there and i think but it's i think it's a really cool time to get into it because again for if you are looking at getting into drumming never drummed you never drum before you have a kid who kind of is interested in drumming but you don't want to hear you know you want they want to be able to practice past like eight thirty at night <laughs> yeah or you know oh, I, I can play at
1: midnight and i'm okay
0: yeah yeah, I think it's uh it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's a, it's beautiful. That's what I was looking at. I mean, that was the finally deciding factor was even though like where I play music is in my basement, like I can play guitar at night okay, my wife won't hear when she's trying to sleep. But there's no chance I could try and play drums like at all. <laughs> and I'm like right. I, and I'm like I want to be able to come down at midnight and screw around because that's usually what I'm like into like when I'm up for playing music and I couldn't do that. And if you I, can actually get more hours of
1: practicing because you have more opportunity now,
0: yeah, and I, said, I don't know if you've have
1: you ever done a mathematical equation, okay, my wife's gone, my kid's gone free, and then the other person comes in it two and you try to like pinpoint one hour of freedom just so you can play your electric drum set,
0: yeah, yeah, and let alone if you i mean i mean we're lucky that we have a house like if you're in an apartment or something that's even worse, like you it's, it's, no a, chance. it's impossible, and so it's just i mean even then you still have to look at even with the electric set, you have to look at things with the with your bass pedal and stuff, which you have videos on. So if you're wondering about that, follow, like there's going to be links in the description of, uh, face this, uh, the YouTube channel on the Facebook and the Facebook group. Where you can kind of, if you're into electronic drums, it's a lot of fun to kind of meet other guys that are into it because sometimes you try and get on the internet and like try and find the niche of like, Oh, where's these guys at? And you end up like, especially with electronic drums, you're going to end up seeing a lot of hate. So it's better to go to the group directly. It's like, Oh, you guys are, you know, I'm not going to be in here getting told that I'm stupid that I play electric drums. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, 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 we,
1: I try to limit that sort of thing and ban people that are just, you know, stuck up in themselves. Because I, you know, when you first get into something, whether it's like racing, like, you know, it's so intimidating because you know these people have decades of experience in it. So you always want to make it easy to get into whatever your hobby is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's very true. I think that's what's really, and with your group and your channel, it's really like, it's not, hey, you have to have, there's, there is no, Oh I'm buying this set and it's not like immediate people are like that set is complete garbage why would you ever do that you're an idiot you're for an buying idiot. it. you know it's like why wouldn't you why would you not spend $3000 on this Roland set you're like well cuz I don't have that <laughs> and you know we're like right. so it's like and I, and I like that and so again if you're into electronic drums or kind of thinking about it like I said a lot of, if you have a kid that wants to get into drumming um it's a good way because two the kind of the hard the, the harsh truth too is you can get a you know, we're talking about the Alexi's nitro. You can get it for 300 bucks with, with mesh heads. You can't, unless you go and buy a completely junk drum set, you're going to have a hard time buying for $300, buying everything you need for drums and having something that sounds somewhat good. That doesn't need heads immediately. Cause that's the other thing too. Like, if you don't, I mean, if you play the crap out of your electronic drums, you're going to have stuff break, and you're going to have to, like, replace mesh heads and stuff like that. Yeah, but, just like you crack
1: acoustic cymbals, too.
0: Yeah, but it's not as common, or it's not as, you know, often, or if, like I said, if you go out and buy a used drum set, electric set, you're probably not going to th- immediately think, I need to replace all these heads, you know, which right. is not cheap. Cause that was the only thing I was looking at too. I was like, oh, I could you know just get this like, like you know used acoustic sets, and I was like, oh, that's that looks all like garbage. That's all like garbage, <laughs> you know, or just everything you need to get replaced. So that's something too. If you're the acoustic heads every time
1: you buy an acoustic set, the first thing that comes to your mind is, man, I got to spend a hundred dollars get new heads.
0: Yeah. So you would you wouldn't have to do with the electric. So if you know, if you have a kid that's kind of thinking about drumming like constantly, my my test with kids like to play drums. I'm like, are they constantly hitting things with their hands? There probably should be a drummer, <laughs> and right. uh, check out the channel. because well, there's always
1: a, there's always a gap. Whenever you see a musical spark in a in a kid, mm-hmm. they they have that spark. I don't know about you, but I feel like the spark lasts for maybe three years or something, and then they get into the oh I gotta enter the real world mentality and they stop trying to go after something like that. So I think encouraging learning drums or guitar or whatever is always a good
0: thing. Yeah, and I think it's it'll it's a it's a definitely a task that. As a, as a, you know, especially when I was a kid, because I mean, I didn't start guitar stuff till I was older. And I st- I I'm limited because of that. But I mean, it's just, which is whatever. But like when I was a kid and I started drums, it was something that like I did all the time and I enjoyed it. Yeah. And it was like I I mean like I love this. You know, it's something that especially if they're younger, because not everybody's gonna want to do like the normal, like you know, the other the other things. You know, so sometimes it's like if you're if they want to try and do drumming, like you said, pick it up on that three year window, and they're gonna pick it up forever versus like you know, later on, or as as an adult, they might always look back like, man, if I, I wish I'd learned a musical instrument when I was younger, because... You know, know, it's
1: it's really funny, because I've noticed that a lot of times people hit that realization in their, whatever, their 30s or 40s, they'll say, hey, Justin, I bought an acoustic set as a kid, I played it until I was 17, and I stopped, and I don't know, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I've got the drumming bug again, and I need to buy a drum set right now, and I I always love that, people getting back into uh, an instrument like that, even decades later, they still there's still a little bit something left there and they want to pursue
0: it again. That that literally sounds like the message I sent you. <laughs> that was like, I, I played till I got rid of it in college. And yeah, it's just been like the last couple of months of like, man, I kind of want to drum again. And I've been looking at drum sets. like at my church. Like, I just want to get up there and start wailing on it, but I really can't. Cause I know like my two, I know like my two beats that I remember or that I can still do. And then I can do all my, like my drum lines. It's stuff, like riding a bike. You know, yeah, it's exactly. And so I started playing, I'm like, Oh, that's, I mean, that's why yesterday I literally was like, I'm not getting my set. Like, it's not coming in the mail till midweek. I need to go play. I want to play a set right now and, like, just check a couple other things out. So make sure everything I'm going to like what I get. And it was like, I was playing and I was like, I need to go. I'm like, but yeah, you're right. We should probably go right now. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll end up with, like, two drum sets because I was like, I know this one now. But yeah, I think that's uh, really good. um It's really fun. I mean, it's one of those drums or something that if you got a sense of rhythm and you kind of always want to try it, you're, it's never too, we were talking about getting kids into it, but you're never too old to start playing drums. You're never too old to start Absolutely. any instrument, in my opinion. Absolutely. You know, if it's something you've always wanted to do, but you think, well, you know, I'm in my 40s or 50s, and it's not, you know, like, I miss my chance. No, there's tons of people that start that. And get, you know, get started, you, you know, get trying on just it. Just 15
1: minutes a day for a couple of months, and you'd be amazed that you can pick up stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. And you'd spend, you know, and you all of a sudden realize, like, oh, I'm playing an actual, like, I'm playing a, real, I'm playing a song here you know, and I'm not having to, you know, like what, what, what looks, what I thought was impossible is not. Um, but yeah, well, Justin, uh, I don't want to take your whole day. I know it's your day off and my kind of day off. Uh, I don't want to take your whole day here. Uh, well, like I said, we'll throw links in the description for 65 drums. We'll, we'll stay in touch. Justin, like I said, as midweek, I should be getting my new one. So you'll probably see stuff on the group about that. And maybe we'll do like a in a few months how your how your YouTube channel is going. Like a recap. <laughs> a recap of, hey, did I like it? Um, for, Real quick, what videos, if you want to, can you release any, vi- like what videos you have coming out this week? Any, any teasers? Um, I'm,
1: I'm, st- I'm still working on it. Now, okay. Someone asked me if I could make a wall, like a brick wall, into a kick drum, and I thought oh, that might be an interesting challenge. I, I'm thinking about tackling that. It's interesting because you see videos about people taking a, like a cinder block and putting guitar strings on it, and uh-huh. it's, it's surprising how anything beca- can become an instrument so
0: yes i've got that and a couple of other ideas i'm still working out right now okay cool yeah we'll uh we'll stay tuned like i said you always put three videos out every week so uh there's always something going on in the channel and again if you're looking at getting electronic drums this is definitely the channel to go check out um like i said ranging from your 300 hundred dollar sets all the way up to you know your high-end flagship models the Eight thousand yeah eight thousand dollar like you're at it's at a whole different. Got to cover level. it all. Yeah, and I think that's great. I think you cover it a very unbiased way, where you're not, you know, we definitely. I mean, knowing you watch it on your channel, you know what set you like. I mean, obviously, you have a role in TD thirty. You bought as you know, like as soon as you basically could, and then you've converted. Yeah, you know, it you know order. my bias. Yeah, you know your bias, but, but you also tell us. I still us that. try to be as unbiased yeah. as I
1: can yeah. Yeah. with that.
0: Yeah. And I think you also hold companies. You don't just go. You don't just look at every roll and product that comes out. That's like this is the greatest thing in the world. You look at them like, hey, they really should. They need to improve this. Or if they changed this out or made a model at this level, this would be better. And I love that because it gives an insight to to me like what what sometimes as people we might be thinking and realizing, you know what? Okay, I'm not the only one thinking like, man, if they made that, I would buy that in a heartbeat. You know, and sometimes companies Absolutely. as you're getting bigger are going to start to notice that like, hey, that's that's kind of a good point. You know, if we made an all mesh drum head for you know if, if as Roland, we could come out with an all mesh set for like eight or nine hundred bucks even if it had a somewhat garbage uh or not garbage yeah, but a somewhat cheaper module they just did that which is the one yeah i was gonna say the one they just came out with as i was shopping i was like oh look at that that like that's all pre order now huh yeah Dang. they were forced to do that because of the competition which i think isn't which is that's what's great about competition you know if i think with, absolutely without like your alessius and even yamaha i mean even now yamaha higher than them obviously but the competition for Roland, they've had to make changes and make things like, you know, make lines that are not just all flagships. I mean, if Roland had it their way, they'd probably be all, you know, big high-end stuff like this is what it takes. But I think yeah. that's great. But, yeah, um, again, Justin, thanks for coming on and hanging out. Uh, this is Biffin, this is your podcast. Again, all the links in the description. Justin will be talking hopefully here in a, in a while once we get everything going. But uh, thanks again for coming on. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Bye.